those that violate me. I shall annihilate thee. Case closed. Suitcase filled with clothes. Linens and things. I begin things. Beepers start to flash. Eight one eights, two one threes, three one threes. B.I.G. frequently floss hoes at Roscoe's. If I want a squirter, take her to Fat Burgers. Spend about a week on Venice Beach sipping Cristo with some freaks from Frisco. I'm going back to Cali. 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 I'm going, going back, back to Cali. 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 I don't you were, uh, you were in invoking your inner Southern Baptist. I was going to say, yeah. You were taking him to church, son. I, I I don't know if we've actually can covered this on the Continue podcast before. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Continue podcast. But in another life, all three of us worked at a gaming outlet. And one year... It feels I, so, like so long it, ago. It was a long, long time oh ago. Oh my god, that was a lifetime ago. But, but the first thing I did at this outlet was provide uh, on-the-show floor coverage from the San Diego Comic-Con. Oh, my God! Oh, and my God. That was a thing that I did, and what, never, what oh. never made it on to video was in between interviews, we were, we were in a booth that was literally a loot crate, uh... It, which like you're in you're on the top of a box and it opens and you're you're on this where the interviews are happening are on the top floor of the box and so we're elevated above the show floor which was fascinating like we we're right next to nintendo's booth and you could just see the the sea of cosplayers and whatnot like it sounds and like a cool location to be it was super cool it was it was fascinating but you get punchy when you're doing about 12 hours straight of on-camera interviews yes and uh most people handle that punchiness by reading between takes going outside getting some air my solution was to be a southern baptist preacher but working for the Empire post-episode 3, <laughs> working on anti-Jedi propaganda and just screaming this at people. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been deceived for years by these wizards, by these magicians who come <laughs> into our homes and take our children and teach them to do black magic with their minds. <laughs> to take us away from the sanctity of Emperor Palpatine, the good man Palpatine's vision of an empire of order, an empire of peace. And these Jedi, these wizards, these magic men need to be eradicated in the name of decency and good. Let me explain something about, <laughs> about being being around Anthony, being in, in his orbit. There are two kinds of people. There are those of us who sadly encourage this sort of behavior, encourage slash enable this yes. behavior. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then there are the people who really don't get it. They, 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 they do not know what is happening, and it's it's delightful for me anyway. Because I mean, because Anthony and I, a have known each other like forever, and mm -hmm. and b 
we will embarrass you in public. Oh, if yeah. You were, yeah. If you were near us, we're going to... <laughs> it's it's going, fine. Yeah. It's going... It's inevitably, inevitably going to happen. I'd like to uh, give a quick shout-out to our uh, a good friend, Max, from... Oh, Max, uh, buddy. Radar, who, ...who did this with me. And, like, talk about somebody who, who just immediately did get it. Yep. Like, he he was perfectly willing to be the, like, the hype man for a Baptist person. Yep. The person, like, who's always in the background be like, yes! Yes! Praise him! Praise the emperor! And there's, like, there's just, like, a parade of 16-year-olds dressed like Harley Quinn, men and women, just looking at us like, Why? Yeah. What yeah. are they doing? And the thing, what I love about that whole scenario, Max, normally, almost dead silent. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. in a room, like, there'll be people chatting and Max will say, like, two words. So for mm-hmm. him to just, like, immediately be on board just get with that spoke it. well of his character as yes. a human. Yeah, yeah, He uh, And that was, like, the first time we'd ever met. We yep. had no prep time for that show. Uh <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. So that, well, that never made it to video then, huh? That never, like that, that unfortunately never made it on, well, actually it never made it into usable film. We no, tried, I mean, yes, Yeah, well. we tried to make it work, but there's, um, you know, there are some people that might find that offensive. <laughs> <laughs> just, I mean, uh, fuck them. Yeah, just fuck do, them. Do, do the Alex Jones voice next time. That's fine. Everyone likes it. Yeah, uh, the Alex, the Alex Jones voice. Well, we we do we these do magicians also have... out here with their uh, their liberal agenda, what we, warping so the easier, minds of children. It's so much easier to do Rush Limbaugh, like Rush Limbaugh hating yeah. Jedi. Like, well, sir, what I see happening here on Coruscant is a ferreting out of evil, a poison inside of our great city planet. And... <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome. I'm, good, I'm just going to remind you at this juncture, you're the guy who said, "Oh, I'm going to keep it tight today." Keep it tight. Keep it tight. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're the one who goes off for 20 minutes at a that, time. It's absolutely my friend. True. That's yeah. absolutely true. The yeah. voice of reason that you hear is, <laughs> as well, always, before. Susan Art. How are you, Susan? I'm tired of your bullshit, honestly. No, you're not. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> fucking remotely true. It's uh, true, yeah. And we also we also have the man who is coming off of his first week at a new job, Mr. Woo! Dave it's Roberts. I'm, I'm very t- it's a very different kind of tired. This is a uh, wow, I'm uh, uh, I've been ping-pong balling between meetings and I'm going to pass out at 6 o'clock in the evening kind of tired. Was there was there a man cool. with a mustache who pulled the tail of a bird and the bird was like, Woo! and you were like, wow. yes, and then you slid down a brontosaurus I was going to say, like, I hope you make it clear you're doing a Flintstones cut there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. They, don't, okay. they don't do that anymore, man. That's not... There's no... <laughs> They don't do that in the workplace. You Let's go to ADP, you put your time in, you walk out of the office, that's it. There's no, like, bird. There's what? No bird. Um, but yeah, uh, so so that's going well. This entire week, I'll tell you something cute that happened with my son. So I pre-ordered Captain Toad and Octopath Traveler, and when you pre-order them digitally, they appear on the Switch home screen as icons. Like, if they are available for, like, pre-download, sure. download, you wait... It's bullshit because you're like, this game is here. Just let me play it. Yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah. 
like dates. T- time's just an illusion, man. It's <laughs> uh, so, so yeah. So they're sitting on there, and my son has been playing uh, the Captain Toad demo and the Octopath Traveler demo. Uh, oh, he's gotten really good at the Captain Toad demo because there's no reading, but Octopath right. just moves that's around. Hard. That's hard. Yeah. That's not. Yeah. Well, that's that's difficult. Just, to he get just through. likes to move around and look at the pretty pixel art and listen yeah. to music. And, okay. That's, it just likes to mess with it. And every morning, since those games have been on my Switch, like, waiting for today, uh, he will run in at, like, 6.30 in the morning and go, Are the, are the, the normal games ready yet? Aww. No, mm. no, it's still, it's a week away. Let me go back to sleep now. Okay. And then, like, the like the next day, are the normal games ready yet? No, it's six days. You, you, you're so close, dude. So yeah, uh, today he has been playing Captain Toad. And he's, he's got really his Adventure Pals game. Yeah, he likes it. It's fun. I I'm excited to play that game again because it's just so lovely. Like, Me just, too. Just an effervescent, wonderful thing. Uh, speaking of playing games again, Dave Roberts, you have been yes sir down in the hole of yes. a game called Adventure of Mana. Yes, uh, and that is a misleading name. Because yes. this game has come out with a billion different names over the years because it's been remade so many times. This was a Game Boy game back in 1991. It is the original Secret of Mana. Oh, yes. oh, Seiken, oh. Yes. Seiken Densetsu, which the Secret of Mana that we got for the Super Nintendo is Seiken Densetsu 2. Two. Kind of like a Final Fantasy 3 slash 6 yeah. scenario. Okay. And so- uh, in America, that game came out on Game Boy as Final Fantasy Adventure because yeah. the Final Fantasy brand was big, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like a turn-based RPG, so they wanted to like link it, but it's not. So okay, it's wait, wait, adventure. wait. It's not. Is this the Secret of Mana that came out on Super Nintendo? No, no, no. It is. It is the, the prequel. It is the prequel. Okay, it okay, is, okay. Because yeah. I is... always wanted to play Secret of Mana. It the price never dropped. I've never yeah. gotten to play it. Okay, and, and there's yeah the right these days the only way to play that easily is a, a Super Nintendo classic and mm. not not ideal. Okay, uh, so Adventure of Mana is this game has been remade a bunch of times. It was remade for Game Boy Advance as a game called Sword of Mana. It was made as remade as a flip phone game, which I don't even know what they called it in the United States. It did yeah, come out here. Did and it? Yes, it did. You could Holy get it crap. on your your dope Nokia, your Motorola. You could play wow. that game. Uh, and so then this version is Adventure of Mana and is on Vita and iOS. Yeah. And what is strange about this game is that the others were full-on remakes. Sword of Mana is a full-on remake. You can choose different characters, blah, 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 blah. Whole new art style. Adventure of Mana has a new art style... It is it is but, more or less a one to one remake of the original game, but with updated graphics, some improved UI elements, different music. Like it's so one to one that like enemy spawning and the way that attacks work and the way that they register with enemies and the enemy falls down and they blink a little bit and they come back up and the way that like the world is specifically laid out like I, when I was playing it again, I was using a walkthrough from the original Game Boy game, yeah. and it matched up perfectly. It wow. is it is a one-to-one remake to the extent of even glitches 
from the Game Boy game reappear. And there is speculation. Nobody's been able to get Square to go on record, but people think that, like, the Game Boy code base is in this game. And it's strange to play an action RPG in 2018 where you have to, like, move screen to screen, where it's like, get to the edge, push to the side, and it's not seamless. There's, like, it's, like, stutters, has trouble getting there. It is, for all intents and purposes, like somebody took a bag of Funko Pop toys and just hit a Game Boy game with them repeatedly, and this is the result. Yeah. And it, honestly, I actually enjoyed it a lot because, like, uh, one of the, like, one of my formative memories, like, getting into games was, uh, I was, like, six or seven, and my upstairs neighbor had, uh, or downstairs neighbor, uh, had, had this on the Game Boy, and I borrowed it from him, and I played it, and I, like, fell in love. It was weird. I'd never played anything like it before. And to, like play it again but with the different graphics but having it play almost exactly the same like it it triggered that same little bit and my brain goes like oh i know this the music and the way that like the way that you have to go the 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 figure eight around the trees and the desert to make the cave appear it's like it's perfect it's janky yeah <laughs> a little it's a little jank but the game only retails for 10 bucks on Vita. I got it on sale for 5 So I was like, okay, you know what? It's a little broken. The art style is a little unimaginative. It's ba it basically looks like a low-rent Dreamcast game um, instead of the old like Game Boy sprites. Um, uh, the music's actually not bad. Like the the remastered music is uh, it's like like Dynasty Warriors esque guitar solos yeah. for stuff. But like it works. It's fine. Um, so I dug it. Like, I actually really enjoyed it. I got the it's platinum on that game. It's it less was, janky. It was fine. It's less janky than The Secret of Mana so remake. So that's the thing. I then, like, uh, through Gamefly, I got The Secret of Mana remake uh, for PS4. And who boy. Yeah. It is... A mess. It is, like, the same kind of... It's actually worse, I'd say. Worse sort of overall fidelity. The music, like the remade music, is garbage. Oh, it's gar- Yeah, yeah. It, it, it sounds... Susan, this is something you would have... I know that you're, you're never, like, a diehard RPG soundtrack person. Like, if it's really good, like Persona, you're into it. But you don't, like, go listen to, like, Super Nintendo soundtracks and stuff, right? No. Yeah. This is... that The Secret of Mana soundtrack is good enough... Like, it sounds, it's very, uh, it's very, like, what you would hear if you went to the best masseuse in the world. <laughs> I'm not really sure how to interpret that particular yeah, like, description. Yeah, like, you, you go, like, imagine you go in for a massage, and they're like, we're gonna center your chakras. Oh, so I get Get you. ready. You get, gonna, some, you get some nice synthesizer pan flute on it's, a C, like CD boombox in the background. It's awesome. And, like, what made it special at the time, the composer, Hiroki Kakuda, made all of his own samples to put in the Super Nintendo. Like, he sampled Whale Song, Aww. and that opens the game. Like, it's very, it's very unique, and the PS4 remake of it is... <laughs> it sounds... It sounds like a deranged carnival got a hold of it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it, like, okay, so the f- very first thing that you see in the remake is the title screen. And it's literally, it is this, it looks like a low-res image of the title screen from the Super Nintendo game, but with, like, little pink birds just sort of drifting across it <laughs> as if they were cut out of another image in MS Paint. Not, like, Photoshop. Not even not, Paint.net. Not animated, either. Not no, animated. No, they're not even animated. They just kind of drift across. And I'm like, this is the first foot you're putting forward with your remake of one of the most sort of cultly beloved Super Nintendo RPG classics, and this is a $60 product. Mm -hmm. I, like, I'm enjoying this remake on sort of a lizard brain level, just because I never really played Secret of Mana past the first couple hours. I never owned it, never really rented it, uh, but I would play it over at a friend's house a couple times, and I enjoyed it. And, like... Again, it's another, like, it's basically a one-to-one remake as far as, like, the game design, the structure of the world is concerned, to the point, like, there's a series of fetch quests where this guy in this cave tells you to, hey, if you want to meet the master of this cave, you have to go to this town, you go to the town, you do the thing, you schlep back up to the top of the mountain, go in the cave. He's still not here. He's in another town. You gotta go to the town, do the thing, schlep. Like, they didn't change any of that. (laughs) But they made it worse to play, though. They the did. Ma- like the magic system, one of the one of the things that Secret of Mana did, where they they said, "Oh, we don't want you going into menus to use spells and things like that, like you do in an RPG, but we still want the RPG stuff of spells and whatnot. We don't want to be like Zelda, where you just have items." And so their answer to this was to make a a menu that is a circle. You press a button, and like a little circle pops up around your character, and you can spin it around and you know, select from the dial what you want to use, whether it's an item or whatever. And in very fast, hectic battles where you're fighting a boss and a bunch of enemies at the same time, this thing would come up and it would remember where the spot was and it would be fixed to where your character is. In the PS4 remake, for some reason, A, it doesn't remember where you're placed in any of these spheres, so every single time you need to use something, you have to scroll through a million different things. And the other thing is, is it just pops up in the middle of the screen. It's not affixed to your character at all. It's just sort of floating there. And it gets very confusing about who you are commanding in your little three-person party. They... They, they broke something that didn't need fixing at It's also, all. like, it's buggy in ways that the Super Nintendo game never was. Like, there's a, there's a boss fight. I was trying to use magic against it. It's like, why are all my hits at, like, zero or one hit point damage? And I looked up in a guide, and it's like, yeah, normally you should be... Like, he's not weak against anything. He's just, like, normal resistance to magic, so you just use your best magic against him. PS4 version, it doesn't work, so you just have to use physical attacks and it's slower. Hopefully you have healing items. Great. <laughs> Good job. Square. It's just... It's weird. Because I see kind of some value in making... Like, taking the old, the old frame of a game and, like, building up a different sort of, like... Uh, foundation around it or like a different set of walls like better maybe you know 3d graphics maybe improve the the speed of the menus improve the overall layout of the ui uh 
I like all that stuff. Uh, even though like I'm, I'm, I can be somewhat of a purist, I also like the improvements that they've made to stuff like Yakuza Kiwami, which takes this game that was kind of long in the tooth mm-hmm. and, and brings it forward. So it's like, th- this feels like the rest of the series, and we've added stuff to it to, um, to, to make it feel less empty. I guess. I, uh, Dave, I, you know, are you ever opposed to, are either of you opposed to remakes at all? I know that there are some people who are like, things should never be remade, and it should just be, you know, preserving the original and updating that and making sure it's still out there. Are you, are either of you against remakes in any way? Only, only if it goes the Star Wars route, where there's an attempt to erase the original, uh, you know, even even stuff that is problematic the first time it comes out because of the way society is at that time, if it hmm. has racist elements or sexist elements or whatever, that is still a piece of art that right. reflected the environment in which it was created. Updating it for a modern audience and modern sensibilities, that's great because that allows people to consume the central themes and, and, and just enjoy it as a piece of entertainment without all that baggage. But I, I'm not a fan of rewriting history. You know, yeah. Th- yeah. this. Like, thing, that's yeah, yeah. Like that's kind of where I'm at too. It's like, like I mean, the thing. One of my favorite movies, like J- the John Carpenter, the thing, is a remake and a re- like of a 1950s sci-fi movie mm-hmm. and sort of a retelling of the book of the same name. Which again, they remade again, and like that version was crap, but like this version. Was whoa, 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 not whoa, a remake. Oh, That's okay. a prequel, it's, Dave. It's it's a it's a it's, it's a, a pre- se- <laughs> it's a sequel reboot. It's a uh, no. The thing, the thing from however many years ago, 2011, what, 2012. It was, pre- was it a prequel? It is. Yes, it is. It the thing from this decade is supposed to be what's happening at the base that the dog comes from. Okay. Right, like all the Norwegians. Okay, it's awful. It's just it's weird. It's bad. They, yeah, it's bad. They advertised it as like anyway, uh, but like, so I've actually been watching the uh, to go back to your Star Wars point. I watched the the um, oh what is it called the despecialized editions mm. of the original Star Wars trilogy where it's like the um, this Polish guy and a bunch of other sort of uh, contributors worked on taking uh, the source uh, sources from like various prints of Star Wars and kind of like putting them in this like you know editing them all together in such a way that it's as it's as close to the original version of Star Wars Star Wars 1977 that you would see in the theater that you could possibly get without like getting the original negative. Yeah. Um and it's incredible. Like it's it's just it's really interesting to see like like to watch again those movies that I watched like that I wore out videotapes of without any of the special edition stuff without Jabba in the fucking don't no. don't don't speak of it don't <laughs> uh, there, but, and, for some reason Jabba the Hutt used to be just an angry pile of jelly beans yeah apparently <laughs> in the original movie uh but and like the the there's an interview with the guy uh the the like the head of the project and he was like 
I, I'm not against the idea of the special edition. I'm yeah. against the fact that you can't watch the originals anymore. Exactly. Right. Like, Blade Runner, there are like six oh my God. different cuts of that movie. <laughs> but you could buy a box set that has all of them. Yeah. And that's cool. And that's fine. And each of those cuts has different things that you can take from them. And I think like a remake uh, is the same thing. Uh, I think a remake of the PS4... Secret of Mana remake. That what I'm taking away from this is uh, don't. Yeah, don't. I, I, like the, it's so video games are tough in this context because nine times out of ten, the remake is the thing that is playable on the contemporary hardware, and the original is just not. And there are examples of you know that one to one remake. That you have with, you know, Adventure of Mana and Secret of Mana, where it you they're presented in a really, really great way. I, I think of uh, in 2011, you had the Master, uh, the I, not the Master Chief Collection, the just Halo Anniversary Edition, what yeah. they made for the 10 year anniversary, and it's this complete remake of the original Halo. It plays exactly the same. It just has this beautiful spit and polish. And all of the interfaces work better, faster. But at any given time, with the click of a button, you can go back to the original presentation. And it's perfectly preserved. And you can have both of them right there. And it's just very, very rare to ever see that with any video game remake. Usually yeah. the original is just thrown out with the bathwater. Yeah, and, I just... Yeah. I find it weird that, like... Is there some sort of like interview or something that I'm missing where Square Enix executives have to remake something with like 3D graphics, or that they have to change <laughs> the original sprite art or something? Like, they're all oh, these Americans will never buy anything with pixel art. Meanwhile, Stardew Valley is like five million sold. Me meanwhile, like, Octopath Traveler is already one of the best-selling games for the Switch yeah. this year. So, like, I I think that. Even in its present broken ass state, I think that that remake would have been better received if it had just been like, here are the SNES sprites, but like, a little better. Here it is in widescreen. Mm -hmm. Here it is with like an improved you, a faster UI. Uh, like, like, not even improved. Function just faster. Just working, and we fixed yeah. the old glitches, and there's functional online multiplayer. People would have been out of their yeah. minds happy about that. Yeah, and it just, it just. <sighs> Square Enix strikes me as a company that is trying to keep costs low, and I get it because, uh, you know, game design is in a rough spot right now especially like like a lot of japanese companies didn't really survive the 360 era sure. because they were trying to make games on that scale but couldn't figure out the like the production pipelines like that's why final fantasy 13 took so long to make it was such a hot mess it's why final fantasy 14 what had to be rebuilt from scratch because they spent a thousand textures on a single in-game pot for every in-game pot and it broke the game mm -hmm. So I get why they're trying to kind of do some cut rate stuff. It just sucks when that cut rate stuff is for games that are like yeah. beloved but by a lot of people. Like the, the Chrono Trigger port on Steam is another example of just like 
why? Just, I, pu- just put the Super Nintendo ROM in a wrapper. People will pay that money and be happy to do so. Yeah, and I, I, I think at least that Square has recognized... The example of Square, that they have recognized that there is enough hunger for that sort of classic content that, you know, they're... In, they're they're making the effort to make that release of Chrono Trigger better. You know, yes. there there have been multiple updates. But I don't think they would have done that if the outcry wasn't so strong. I, I completely agree. Because it literally was it came out, everyone's like, Oh, this is great. Two hours later, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Whereas like Secret Mana, there are bugs six, nine months later. Yeah. Still haven't been fixed yet. Yeah, they're not and they're not And they're do... probably they're not going to do anything with it. It's it's appropriate that we're we're talking about this. We're recording this the day that Octopath Traveler came out for Switch, and I I like that uh, our our sort of framework for talking about remakes was focused on RPGs and specifically Square Enix RPGs, SquareSoft RPGs way back when. Uh, I sat down and actually played the the three hour demo of Octopath Traveler in preparation for it coming out this week and played a little bit more of the proper game today because I hit the boundary in the in the demo where it's like, you need to leave. This is free. Give us <laughs> money if you want to keep doing this. Uh, and I really love it. And, I, you know, three hours in a massive role-playing game that's going to take dozens of hours to finish isn't a lot to build an impression, but I really really delight in what this game is doing because in a lot of ways dave it kind of feels like this perfect ideal remake that you're describing of a game from 25 years ago that never existed that never yeah it feels like a perfect modern consideration of what an old story-based turn-based battle rpg would be if it was conceived today using the same rules as in 1996 or 1997 and it's just it feels great i i started the game as the uh one of the eight characters who's a hunter and she lives in the woods with her giant cat friend and she goes off on an adventure to find the guy who trained her and to to mess up some evil animals in the woods and it's lovely it's very very basic stuff uh but it all congeals really really well and the battle system feels great uh i was i know we talked about a couple episodes of this show ago how i was worried that the battles would take a really long time and it's the opposite they're they the don't ideal length for a turn-based rpg it's just like super snappy and it kind of scratches that active itch that persona does where you're sort of trying to figure out the puzzle of how am i gonna knock down all these enemies in persona so that we can all gang up and hit them at the exact same time how can i keep them off their feet and this has the same thing only you're trying to break the defense of your enemies and you know you you have the system where you can save up extra hits and it's it's just pitch perfect and i've really been enjoying it and the weird thing is is it took me about three weeks to play through the three hours because I kept turning it on, and I would play 10 minutes, and then, I'm not embarrassed to admit this, I would fall asleep. I would fall asleep with the Switch in my hands, or fall asleep 
in my office chair in front of my television and be like, you know what? No. And I kept putting it off until it clicked for me and I really, really got into it. And I realized that it wasn't the game that was really alienating me. This is a very good game and I'm really excited to play, you know, the rest of it. I realized that I just don't like basic meat and potato RPGs as much as I used to. Like, this was my go-to genre for the last 20 years at this point. It's It was always what I want. And I realized that now I start a lot of RPGs. And I finished, like, Persona 5. Persona 5, I, I couldn't get enough of. I had to see that to the end. Uh, but other RPGs, like, typical old-fashioned you pick your battle you you pick your party you equip them with stuff you go into a town then you go into a dungeon i've played a ton over the past few years world of final fantasy you know insert name here and i'll start them and i'll just abandon them and it's because i don't care as much as i used to and it's a weird thing i it's it's i find it very uh liberating to sit there and be like you know what i don't need to just cling to some form of media because I I considered it a part of my identity for so long. I don't need to play Octopath Traveler because I think of myself as the guy who plays every RPG that comes out. I'm the I'm I'm the guy who plays every Square Enix RPG that comes out. I'm gonna play it because I ended up liking the demo. But from here on out, if Square is like, here's Secret of Mana 5. I don't necessarily need to look at that and say, mm, yes, I definitely need to play that because I don't care about that thing as much as I used to. Does this happen to you too? Susan, does this, do you ever go through this arc where you look at something, you're like, I used to freaking love this. Why don't I love this? And then realize you're like, I just got to let it go or come back to it later. Dude, uh, everything you just described is called becoming an adult. <laughs> I, I realized that. Dunk. I didn't need to. I didn't need to put it in exactly those terms. I, I mean, felt like we were gonna get there. I, but I mean, that's. I mean, that's all it is. Because I mean, when you, not only because you have more time as as a young person, sure, uh, and but because you haven't experienced as much of other people and other forms of art and mm-hmm. other other things. Uh, so you, you tend to fixate and what you do when you're younger is something will appeal to you and you might not necessarily immediately understand what it is about that thing that appeals to you. There was a a show, this, this happens to me a a lot. I'll go back to watch a show or a movie that, that super resonated with me and I'll go back and I'll wonder what the hell I ever saw in it. I'm like, what? This isn't even good. Like what was... Like uh, and the the example that came to mind was a, a show called Space Above and Beyond. Oh, I'm not and I'm not familiar with that. It it was uh, it had some interesting ideas. Now, if, if something is science fiction, generally speaking, I will give it a, a shot. Yeah. Because uh, there's just not that much good sci-fi out there. Um. But yeah. But I what I could not have verbalized at the time. Like I was into this show. I was, and it was two things. Though I, I could not possibly have put this into words then, now looking back, I understand what it was. One, I was the only person I knew who watched it. Yeah. 
So it was, you know, I had taste, you know, I had cure, like, oh, you basic bitches, you don't know of the, right? That was part of it. Because I wanted to feel unique as a human being. But then also part of it was, uh, it's about a bunch of space marines, the leader of whom is a woman. And she's, it's not like she's a tough, you know, she's not a strong female character. She's just a, a female marine. And she's good at what she does. And she's it's, good at what she does. Exactly. And the, the character's name is Shane Vanson. I encourage you to Google it. Um, so, so yeah, and that's what I was drawn to, a depiction of a woman that's not about her being a woman. It's just, hey, look at this person who is good at what they do, and nobody gives a crap that she's hot. It's just, right? I remember this. Yeah. I'm looking at Shane Vanson now. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. You just unlocked a part of my brain that I didn't know was there. <laughs> and yeah, she's she's ridiculously hot. That's she's ridiculously hot, but that's rid- not the ridic- point. Ridiculously hot, right? Like for like to just to call out how redonk it, it is. I don't think she had a love interest in the show. That's awesome! Wow, right? Extra like bold. that's holy shit. Yeah. So, but now, but when I go back and try to watch the show, it's not like it's good. Yeah. It's 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 not. Um. So your your tastes change as as you refine them and become more aware and so you you look for better examples of the thing sure that drew you to that so for you with rpgs you are just you're you're laser refining it because you know now you have a child Mm -hmm. and, and you can't just throw away 50 hours on junk food yeah absolutely and i will say that it's not it's not like uniform it's not no. like, oh, now I'm in my mid-30s, and it's time for me to throw away the Jinko jeans and go get a nice pair okay, of Okay, but it is. I, <laughs> it's never no, they're time back, to throw they're away. back now. No, no. The 90s okay. are back. The other day. All right. So my wife and I are at a restaurant the other day, and it's, you know, it's busy. It's lunch hour. There are people all over the place, and this teenage couple, the boyfriend and girlfriend, probably like 15 or 16 come in and I, I look at the boy in this couple and I'm like, Kate, it's happening. It's happening. This is it. I've been waiting for 20 years and it's finally happening. And she's like, what is wrong with you? I was like, that kid is wearing a fashionable fishing hat. It's the bucket hat. It's got the, it's got the all the way around rim. It's coming back. The youth have made it cool again. I've held on for this long. New Radicals 2018. I'm like, is is he talking about a New Radicals hat? I, yeah, it's a New Radicals hat. And I had one of those hats in 96, three years before that album came out. I've held out this long. It's finally come back. Fishing hats, cool again. I'm going to be the cool dad, Susan. Right here. Cool dad number one. Okay, so here's the thing. (laughs) If you say I'm going to be the cool dad. That's just bad sign. It does not work like that. Fuck. God damn it. Because every, da- every dad that says they're the cool dad is, like, th- the lame dad. Ah, oh, shit. Damn you just it. Gotta, you just gotta be cool. Okay, but, but, counterpoint, every dad who says he's the cool dad is the dad you can turn to in an emergency. And he is there, and he has got it. Yeah, I'm there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've, I've got it on lockdown with the Jenko jeans. All right, so. No, I, no, right. you are not a member of the <laughs> Insane Clown Posse. Stop it. So I, well, I, where I was going with the Jenko jeans thing and the fishing hat thing is that there are things from my youth, from that formative stage when you're, you know, figuring things out and you don't have the experience 
that I still enjoy and find very present in my life. You sure, know, it's, of course. They're not things that I enjoy for nostalgia's sake. They're things no, 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 that no. I enjoy yeah. just, just because I enjoy it. Yeah. The, the reverse of this is that I find, too, that... And, and like, maybe this is just, like, a, a facet of binge culture where I'll get into something really, really, really hard. Oh, for sure, yeah. And dive into it and be obsessed with it and love every little facet of it and then very quickly turn around and think to myself, what the shit was that about? And I, I, I got to admit, like, I had that recently with the other type of game, much like the, the RPGs that I just don't, I can't bring myself to play anymore are Telltale games. Oh, and... you can look, look. I love <laughs> me some Telltale, right? The Wolf Among Us. I love that. I, they need a new engine before I am yeah. going anywhere near, or alternatively, just give me Tales from the Borderlands too. That would also be fine. <laughs> but mostly, that oh, that one of the most underrated. It's Telltale so games. It's so good. I don't. You don't have to give a shit about Borderlands. Trust me. It's, I don't. But it's both, hilarious. Both, both of you have been telling me this for two years now. It is it's two years. It's so good. And every single time, I'll load up Steam. I have it in there, and I I'll like mouse over it, and all of a sudden, I'll just hear in my ear like this. It's like Jiminy Cricket is on my shoulder, and I'll be like, "Launch game," and then I'll hear him like. No, look, look, look. Just trust us. It is actually that good. And it's not like, eh, is this one of those, what, like, card revolution things with Susan? No, it is actually, it is actually that good. This isn't, is, this isn't Fantasy Star Online Volume 3. This is not. No. It is a rare game that actually understands, like, not just the importance of well-written jokes, but comic timing. Mm. Yes. That is and the rare. the way that you, like, like, that you, fr oh, just the way that it goes back and forth with the story, like, the two characters, they all, it's a fr uh, frame narrative. Uh, it's like Rashomon. They all have their own oh, interpretation. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Of, of, at least for the first episode. And it has one of the most genuinely original and hilarious gunfights. Oh, it's so good. That has ever been in video games. It's original gunfights. It's don't you? Uh, yeah, it's real I, good. I don't know. I don't know if I can bring myself to do it because I not only have I not played that, I have a last Telltale game that I finished. Wasn't it Batman? Oh God! I was just gonna say. <laughs> I was about to have to qualify. I was gonna say uh, the last Telltale game I finished for leisure, not oh for by choice. Money. Okay. By choice. <laughs> not for money. The last time I played one for money was Batman, and I wasn't paid enough. Yeah. To suffer through that misery. That Joker Dave, was pretty good, though. That Joker's great. You played that recently, didn't you, Dave? Like, I did. By choice, for some I reason? I wanted an easy platinum trophy, because they give you money now. <laughs> they give you yeah. money now if you get platinum, so it's like, okay, well, did you, it was free. Did you guys, did you know that Bruce Wayne's parents were murdered tragically? And Wait, they, what? Yeah, it was okay. Well, was, it's like his character, he has to like overcome the sort of like the guilt yeah. and the... Mm -hmm. and the, the and he's and he's he's Batman because he was he played a lot of baseball as a kid, right? Well, I mean, not so much that he gets a leather gimp suit and <laughs> puts a cape on it, and he puts on like this like straight out of like California fetish culture circa nineteen eighty five gimp suit, and he's like, I look like a bat, right? And his butler, who's very helpful, says, 
Yeah, whatever you say, man. Like, how, whatever is going to get you through this. But then he's like uh, an adult and he just goes and punches poor people while he's wearing his gimp suit. That's... What if just... Batman was more part of the problem than... <laughs> oh my god, I hate <laughs> oh. I hate everything that is happening right now. No, the, la- the last time I played a Telltale game for choice was Wolf Among Us. And oh. I loved that. I yeah. loved it. It was great. And I loved that because I love Fables. Yeah, yeah. And it was such an amazing version of Fables. It was... You know, Bigby Wolf is this character that I adore... And to see him represented so accurately and so yeah. perfectly, yeah. you know, that that really captured me there. But uh, at the same time, I, I, I stuck with The Walking Dead for a while. Oh, that And was now, I, like, I, I, I have the whole, whatever the most recent season is called, New Frontier, that and Tales from the Borderlands are sitting next to each other. And I've got, I assume a save file still. You're never really fucking... Yeah, no, you're never really sure where the Telltale game <laughs> you, never, you never know with Telltale games. Uh, but I assume I still have my my darling Clementine in there, and uh, I can't I can't bring myself to do it. It's just... It's no, gone. look, it's here's gone the, for Okay, me. the thing with with The Walking Dead, and I this is no shade to the writers or any of the actors. Both Both groups of people are really, really wonderful and very, very talented. But the problem with the Walking Dead games mm. is that they're so samey. Yeah. And there is there is such a complete lack of hope or yeah. brightness. Like in the Walking Dead comic and show, yeah, I mean it's 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 grim and there's bad things, but then there's always that that bit of hope, you know, the baby that is born or we're going to rebuild or whatever it is. And that does not exist in the game, so it's just you know, gruel, nonstop, yeah. just for all of them. So don't play that. Play yeah. Tales from the Borderlands, which is delightful. Yeah. It's Hilarious. Funny. I, I think that part of where the the sort of quick turnaround burnout on something that you really get into and love and care about and then it just vanishes now is that I feel like all media, it's not just video games, the the pressing need to keep the audience suckling at the teat of attention and engagement constantly forces things into that sort of uh, you know the way you were just describing the walking dead where it's just this punishing grinding you down to just keep you addicted to it at all times you know when we had our conversation about episodic television versus uh, sustained narrative I, I I realize that I always start the Marvel Netflix shows, and I love them because they're they're very well produced. They're well written. They're well acted for the most part. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah, I know, I know. We're all we're all teetering on the brink of. You're not you're not a fan of Iron Fist. I oh, I, I didn't bother actually, with that. And oh, but I didn't watch it. Punisher sucks. Punisher sucks. That it sucks. sucks. He he the actor. As the character, phenomenal. The Great. show, terrible, garbage. Terrible story, terrible, terrible Awful. everything. Awful. But like Luke Cage, Luke Cage season two, I was like, oh man, I'm really, really enjoying this. And that one's 13 episodes long. And if it was six episodes mm. and there was like more variety, one and done stories, I think I wouldn't have been so goddamn weary of it by the end. And now like, I don't, I don't know. I, I think I'm done. I, that's another one where I, I I'm I'm walking away. I I can't anymore. 
with the with with that and i just that, that that burnout is such a weird thing dave is there anything that you've found yourself saying you know you're a movie guy are there any great movies that you adored recently even that you look at now and you're like what the hell was i thinking Specific examples of like what I've seen recently, no. But I remember like, like it, we all like Kais and I uh, with the kids. We like to go back and watch the movies that we watched when we were younger. And you know, some of them don't always hold up as well. Like uh, Adventures of Babysitting has some like like weird implications to it that are like a little bit troubling. <laughs> uh, but it's still like it's a fun movie. Uh, we tried to go back and watch The Goonies. Uh, oh, it's terrible! Ago. Couldn't it's do it. Bad. I remember liking it as a kid, and I could like I just I couldn't do it. I uh, like it's just like the like the women are there just to scream. Uh, nothing really happens. Oh, Andy, uh, you goonie. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but for me, as far as like the games go, I remember being uh, like growing up and really loving point and click adventure games. Yeah. I loved them. Like, I played all the LucasArts games. I played... Uh, I even, like... I was the weirdo that was getting all the weird stuff from, like, Germany. Um, and then, like, Wajidai started putting out a bunch of stuff... Um, About ten years that, ago. Yeah, in that vein. Like, some of them were, like, uh, playing Gemini Rue, which was, like, a project done by someone from UCLA, I think. And that was, like, really cool. Um, Emerald City but- Confidential. I haven't played that one. Oh, it's real good. I'll have to look that one up. Uh, I remember like playing Laura Bow back in the day. Oh yeah, the Dagger of Amon Ra. That's that's a good one. But like, at a certain point, I think it was like it was right about when the Wajedi stuff started to really pick up, and like Techno Babylon came out, and one of my friends is like, "You got to play this game. It's really like, the story is incredible. You got to play it." I have it sitting in my Steam queue. I can't I can't touch it because now. Like, whenever I try to play those games, I'm like, these puzzles are pointless. <laughs> this is bullshit. Just give me the story. Yeah. Like, are just, like, the the arbitrary nature of the puzzles in those point-and-click adventure games, especially after playing games like Telltale and, like, I guess... David Cage's games, but that's a whole other <laughs> can of worms, which we, I think we can get into next week, because I... Play Detroit. Can't wait. Become human. I can't and, wait. Uh, oh boy. Uh, but yeah, like like those games that are able to like, like here's the story. Here's some like just enough puzzle solving to keep you on your toes, but like it doesn't really matter. Just go forward, always forward. Yeah. Um, trying to go back and like you get to a part where there's a puzzle that you just can't figure out. You hit a roadblock. Especially if the story's really good, it's just like I can't, I can't do the like if I'm playing a game with the walkthrough next to me, like, sure. yeah. What's the point? Yeah. I'll just, I'll just watch a video. I had, I had a very similar uh, experience when I played Oxenfree, which I Oxenfree I consider the sort of gold standard for the modernization of the point and click adventure, because there are puzzles. And there's all these interesting dialogue trees, but it's all seamless and it never just punishes you for wanting to progress the story in any way, shape, or form. But after finishing it, I was like, ah, I got that point-and-click adventure bug. How about some more? I started Day of the Tentacle the very first time. I made it like an hour. It's rough. I was like, I'm out. I'm out, dogs. I know that this is funny. Play Curse Monkey Island. Yeah. um, 
Yeah, I, that's, I, that's that's the Curse of Monkey Island is the one to play. Enough listeners of this show have yelled at me after we talked about Monkey Island a few episodes back uh, that I need to go and just start. So I'm gonna don't do even it. play the don't even play the first two. Yeah, I mean, I'll just I'll do okay, it. but I'll like do. no Curse of Monkey Island. I'll, it's gorgeous. It's beautifully animated. The voice acting's great. Again, it's one of those games that just like doesn't just nail good jokes. It's got great comic timing. Play that one. Don't worry about the rest. So, it's fine. All right. So speaking of good writing, I understand that some shit happened recently. Uh, that's the delicate. Uh, that's a delicate way. Of <laughs> so, some real, some real nasty business went down this past week uh, as we're recording this uh, with some writers and. Susan, I, I, I don't know that much about this story. I've been uh, on internet sabbatical. And fill me in on what happened with ArenaNet and the writers of Guild Wars 2. Okay. So uh, one of the writers of Guild Wars 2, Jessica Price, went on Twitter and was talking about how difficult it is to write when you don't know what kind of character your player is going to create. Because if, you, if you're writing for Mass Effect... Commander Shepard, be they male or female, there's only so many different ways that character mm. can go. In an MMO, it's all over the place. And you and so you kind of have to stay neutral-ish while also not making it all feel the same. And it's mm. a very, very challenging thing. So she goes uh on has this long Twitter thread about that particular challenge and and uh how she deals with it. And when she's done, a uh, internet guy, a internet rando, someone she does not know, chimes in to say, you know, this is really interesting, but allow me to disagree with you just a bit. And then he adds his own two cents. Is this, this, is is not this a, actually a writer? Is he just nope. a dude? All right. He is he's a, a dude. He's a, uh, a Guild Wars 2 streamer. He is an influencer. Now, now, she uh, tells, so she she's, is, is not pleased to have someone, she's like, and she says something to the effect of, thanks for telling me how to do my job, guy who's never done my job. Mm-hmm. She calls him a rando asshat and I believe idiot. Okay. Uh, and then, and then I believe asks him to go away. All right. Oh, that uh, is the, this. This is all reasonable to me. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- exactly. <laughs> These, this, the, the extent of her furor never went past that. She never used any profanity. It wasn't like go fuck yourself. Like nothing like that. Just okay. To Reddit, go the angry mob, and it has turned into, you know, she's attacking the community, she's Uh, toxic, she's... Okay. uh, Now, at this point, it must be said, it must be pointed out, that when John Bain, Total Biscuit, died, she tweeted that she was happy about it, and the nicest thing she could say was that he's not around to do any more harm. Okay. That's... Yeah. that's, That's kind of a thought that you should keep to yourself. I but, think we can all agree that that was an inappropriate statement to make in public. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to say, you know, that uh, 
the man deserved his illness or anything, but he 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 he, he held some very toxic beliefs. He did. He did. He did. However. Right. You, you you don't dance on someone's grave. You, you don't, don't dance. Okay. You, don't, it, you don't. It's you, it's it's in. It's not dignified. It's, it's not, not. It's not. It's not, it's not. Just shut up. Say it to your friends. We get it. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, a a coworker of her. So people are now all up in her grill. Like you know, basically, how dare you attack this community member and blah blah blah. One of her coworkers chimes in to say, uh, she wasn't she wasn't attacking anybody. Uh. She, one of the things she said is this happens all the time because I'm a woman. Dudes want to tell me how to do my job. And, oh, why'd you have to play the gender card? Oh, you're a victim. And one of her coworkers is like, okay, I have threads like this all the time. I never get someone telling me how to do my job. Yeah. Yeah. Arena responded by firing both of them. Wow. Immediately and publicly. Yeah. yeah. It was like, uh, this all happened on July 4th. I want to say. Yeah, I think and so. By so this, mor- this all, this by happened. morning, July 5th, yeah. they were both canned. That's, yep. that is, I'm, I'm sorry, that's a bunch of bullshit. It yeah. really is. That's, yeah. That is utter horseshit. Because, yep. I, I, you know, I, I, I understand that, I understand that th- this large corporation needs to protect the, sa- its brands are fueled by, uh, a fervent and persistent audience, in, and they are your precious lifeblood, and I understand all that. But to to shit can employees with rich history and who were defending themselves, mm-hmm. not representing the company in any way, shape, or form, defending and themselves. And therein personally. is the crux there, of the conversation because Arena Set says they were, and that's that's horseshit. That's well, horseshit. See, They're, like. <sighs> Go ahead, Dave. No, just, like, on the one hand, it's, like, I want to say I get it. Like, you have ArenaNet in your thing. You are working on this project. You, like, things that you say with your sort of, your, your title and your association as company can and will affect your employment. Like, it's happened when people on Twitter or say a prominent pizza magnate <laughs> uses a racial epithet in a, you know, uh, in a conference call or, you know, says something bad on Twitter and they, like, you can't do that. And they you know, either go through the process of, of, uh, of uh, punishing them, what, you know, reprimanding them or letting them go. Uh, but on the other hand, it's just, it's a reminder that like the workplace is kind of like a mini dictatorship you don't always have the rights that you think that you do you think you have free speech rights as far as like i'm allowed to you know free speech blah 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 but like you can't say whatever you want because if you do you can get fired and that can go from saying something bad on the internet to like you know bad mouthing the company or just you know talking bad about a client uh, and if somebody overhears it, even if it's not on social media. So, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm becoming increasingly of the opinion that uh, everyone should just get off Twitter. <laughs> everyone should just do no, it. Here's, it. Here's, no, it's here's, no. Here's the situation. It's not, yeah, it's not Twitter, because if they were doing this just within Reddit, like, say say this was all happening within the community where the, the things escalated. Yeah. It would still be happening. 
Oh yeah, for and, sure. And I, I, like I, you can't just say like, you can't just say get off the internet because it's just not a realistic solution anymore. No, here's here's he, this upsets me so much because what you do is the first thing I tell anybody who works for me. Rule number one: don't embarrass the brand. But because. Like, if, if you have it in your profile or if people just plain know that you work there every single time you are in public, if you're in line at a Starbucks, if you're, uh, you know, at your kid's baseball game, if you're on Twitter, every single time you are out there, you are a representative of more than just yourself. Mm-hmm. That said, as the company you have to stand up for your people when they behave like human beings. Now, if she had gone on some kind of tirade, you know, profanity-laden tirade and and called them all sorts of names, absolutely. That is unacceptable. She was polite. She was perfectly civil. She, She expressed her opinion. Her co-worker didn't even engage with the dude. He was just like, yo, um... She's not, why are y'all saying she's freaking out? Because she's really not. And he lost his job. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. That's... This is at most a, you're passing in the hall and you're like, oh, hey, Jessica, saw that thing on Twitter. Don't do that, okay? Please? Like, and... next time, just walk away. Just don't. And that was what they ended up saying. The, the arena net was like, well, she could have chosen not to say something. That's And that's, I'm, I'm sorry. This is, this is the height of bullshit modern corporate culture yep cowardice yep. this is this is cowardice like oh no an influencer is against us yep. like that's that's what's fueling this one yeah shit. because yep. they don't they don't want to lose whatever money he may or may not bring in right they don't they they don't want to lose what is essentially an employee of theirs they the, a pay an employee that pays them yeah. uh, for their service yeah. They don't want to lose him because that's more powerful than this other employee that they have. That's mm-hmm. what the, that's what this is and that's fucking gross. It's terrible. Yeah. It's absolutely terrible. They they did not have a social media policy. Yeah. So they can't point to anything and say, "Oh, you violated this." Yeah. Right? So, yeah, it's yep. It's... Worst thing that should have happened is they like okay we are dealing with the situation we are yeah. we are going to, we are we will talk with the employees we are going to have a policy yeah so going forward this doesn't happen again and but, let's be honest you hook up Mr influencer guy with some kind of special bribe like oh you're gonna have a unique in game item. He's fine. All of a sudden, he's not gonna care yep. about whether or not she's a toxic employee. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I, the... I also heard that like they specifically hired her because she was this like very outgoing person on social media. Like that's what they wanted when they hired her. They yeah. hung her out too dry. It, yep. Like even even if you agree that this is a fireable offense, P.S. You're wrong. But <laughs> even if you think that, the fact they did it publicly. Yeah. It wasn't like, hey, you guys, you know, this There's no bad, internal this review bad. whatsoever. Nope. Oh, nope. The oh, entire shit. thing played out on Reddit, which is disgusting. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, like, Susan, I think it's worth clarifying that the rule of don't embarrass the brand mm-hmm. is, in a lot of ways, a, a, a management 
tool, a good manager is telling their employees that because what they're really saying is like, don't embarrass yourself too. Well, yeah, of course. You know, you like you like conduct yourself in a way that is dignified, respect, uh, you know, that, that shows respect to others. Yeah. And you know, just uh, let let me boil this down to an Anthonyism. Don't be a cock. Like, yeah. don't be classy. Yeah, I just. <laughs> like, it's but the, the, the follow up, the follow up to don't embarrass the brand is. We have so many avenues for you to bitch and complain and vent privately. Yeah. There's email. There's chat. I will get on the phone with you. There's Slack. What? Whatever. Absolutely. Express yourself. Have those feelings. Call call the rando asset on Twitter every name in the book. Do it privately. Privately. Do it privately. And I yeah I I don't know I this is which that... leads us to the freelancer rant. The freelancer rant? Oh, yeah. That, that thing has been, like, I saw that pop up, and that thing has, like, seven likes on it. Oh, my God. But everyone is talking about it. Like, I've never seen anything get ratioed harder yeah. in my life. What's the deal? So what this is, okay, so a, and I'm, and I'm not, I am not trying to drive anybody to this individual, so I'm not going to name any names. Basically, freelancer pitches a story to a very large outlet. It is a time-sensitive story. Okay. The outlet commissions it. They're like, yeah, great idea, cool. But because it is time-sensitive, gonna need a rush on it. Can you have it for me in a few days? Dude says, absolutely. Okay, he does the work, he submits it. This is shortly after E3. Okay. Uh, he does not hear back from the commissioning editor. Okay. He's like, okay, well, that makes sense. It's E3 and blah, 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 cool. He continues to not hear back from the editor. So he shoots a quick email like hey i'm not trying to be a dick but this is time sensitive if you do not run it by x date it's not really runnable right continues to not hear from the editor oh no at which point he loses his mind and sends an angry email in which he calls the editor an entitled brat whoa stop (laughs) Yep. <laughs> Go back! Don't drink the schnapps! Don't hit send! What are you doing? Yeah, he just lays into this person. <sighs> so, uh, the, per- the the editor, because uh, his, his concern, oh, by the way, mind you, he has no idea how much he's going to be paid because he never asked. What? They didn't wait! He, he... Mm-mm. Come on. He never asked. He never asked about payment. Never asked about a kill fee. Does ha, does not have a writer's agreement at all. Is this a person that's worked before? Or are they new yes. this? Or, or, or this person was recommended to the editor. Yeah. So <laughs> so he's like, you're being so thoughtless. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay my rent. And he just he just loses his mind. Um, the editor get ba- gets back to him and says, you're going to get paid. You're going to be published. You will never that's work n- again. <laughs> that's not good enough because the editor did not apologize. Oh my no. god. So how, wait, he, how, how old is this person? Uh in his forties. Oh, oh. Which I only know because he said so on Twitter. This is all unacceptable. Yeah. 
So he uh, writes a 63 tweet long rant. Yeah, number, numbers and everything. Like he just kept going. About how, about the power imbalance and freelancing and how it, it's so wrong. And, you know, I know this this is basically killing my freelance career and I'll never work again. But some, somebody has to stand up for the, look, here's the relationship, bitch. Okay. Yes, it's power imbalance. You're absolutely right. The end. Yeah, and also, but if you don't, A, if you don't, if you never agreed on a fee. Yep. If you never even signed a writer's agreement. Yep. And you don't like the way you're being treated, you say, I'm taking my work. Mm-hmm. And I am going to go find another home for it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry this didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Because that is your right as a freelancer. You still Correct. own that work. Correct. Yay. Uh, this sounds like somebody who's having a hard time. Uh, well, and, and here's the thing. As like per- part personally, of this, I mean. This yeah, sounds, yeah, 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 exactly. Like somebody's going through some shit. Part of this rant was... He admits... So this, this is, as I said, a very well-known, very large site. And it was b- validation for him. It's GameSpy. It was GameSpy. It totally game was. Spy. It was, yeah. It was top... It was top... <laughs> Top ten engage stories. It's top ten engage games announced. Wonderswan.com. Yep. All right. Uh, he he admits it was uh, it was personal validation for all those people who told him he couldn't do it. Um, so it's not about the fact that the you know he thought he was treated shabbily. It's that he can't point to the byline. Yeah. And and state his ego. Wow. Yeah. Sheesh. So, so don't do that, friends. Yeah, yeah I, don't do that. Like, freelancers get a raw break a lot of the time. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. There are ways to handle this. There are probably even more, like, ways to fix that power imbalance, like, sort of larger and structurally that well, don't involve a 64th. Do you have to? Thread? I mean, this is the thing. As a freelancer, you have to treat it like a job and half of that job and it's uncomfortable is how much how much and how are you going to pay me how much and when do i need to invoice you how does this work it's your job to make sure you're taken care of oh boy and gotta be paid from goodfellas fuck you pay me they're really exactly there also is a way to even an email uh, assert yourself Yep. And to defend your rights in an appropriate way. As mm-hmm. you guys were telling me this story, I, you know, as a freelancer, I have been in this exact Oh, we've same all been we've there. We've all been yep. there. Yep. We've all had the time-sensitive hey, story. We've yeah, all the, or, done this. Like, the, the 30 days are up on my payment, and it's not in my bank account. Where's my money? Where's my yep. money? Where's but, my money? Where's my money, yeah. Nicely. <laughs> Exactly. It is it is a business arrangement. I have sold you something. You need to pay me for it. If you would like to return the thing I have sold you, that's okay too. But there's going to be an exchange of funds at I, some point. I could literally right now dig up emails that I sent you, Susan. Mm-hmm. Being like, hey, uh... We, I gave you the copy two months ago, mm-hmm. and it ran one month ago. And where's where, my money at? And where's my goddamn money? And Susan had to be like, 
the scum monsters that give me the money to give you <laughs> haven't given me the money yeah. to give you. The Russian mafia. And that yeah. that happens. It that was, was the Greek mafia. It was okay, the Greek so. mafia. That's yeah. a thing. That that happens. Completely reasonable thing to expect to happen. Yep. This this is uh, And yeah. this is the other thing. Once I commission a piece and you write it for me, I owe you money. I don't owe you publication. No. It, maybe it sees the light of day, and maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't. Like, I, yeah. I, and I've, I've been in situations before with a time-sensitive story that, you know, I have the non-responsive editor who's sure. not getting back to me about money, he's not getting back to me about run date, and yep. have gone back and seen the work run in a highly altered state mm. to the extent where it breaks the conditions of the writer's agreement. Oh wow! I've been there. Oof. I've had that happen. I've yikes! I've had a story run where I was told that the answers from a source were fabricated by PR. <gasps> oh yeah! I oh my god! I've been in these situations, and there is a way to behave yeah. in these situations that isn't flying off the goddamn handle. Mm-hmm. And I, I, this, this, this is. We're not too far away from the topic that we were just discussing, which is yeah. comport yourself in in a way that it's appropriate. Don't embarrass the brand, especially not when the brand is you. Is, is you. Is you. Ah, speaking of people who are consistently embarrassing their own brand by oh. giving <laughs> us money to make this show. Your brand is brand X. Uh, we love you so much, and we would like to thank you. Dave Roberts, who do you have to thank? Uh, I want to give a special shout-out to our backers on Patreon.com slash Continue Podcast. Uh, I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, that was weird. I'm like, a, like one of those... Uh, does, uh, what, what are they, teletype? Th- anyway. Uh, special thanks to Mirko Arico Terreno. Ryan Brady, John, Nick Grugan, Double Taco, Yaddle, Gluttony One of Seven, Peter, Ryan Mance, Matthew Peters, Michael Coffey, Chris Stubbs, Flunky, the best squirrel you know, Terry Belair, Eric Van Quill, Olmec, the Fancy Manatee, Denton Brock, Ellie O'Dare, Logan Pauly, Ludwig Kitzman, Stormshot, Francisco Areas Guimareas, Kalen Houston, Axel Olson Mangholt, Tyler Nilsson, Shane Nilsson, Fasi Sayan, Jacob Christos, Chris Cook, Skip Dippity, Tim Chesson, Jose Bullet Babam Cordova, Daniel Squire, Tom, Derek Sanskrit, and Damian Michalese. Thank you. Thank you. Thank everybody. you. Thank you. Thank you. You are all wonderful, wonderful human beings. Dave, we have a free video game for somebody this week. We do. I'm all out of PS4 games, but I still I got a bunch of Steam games. That humble. Uh, I give them a lot of money. Uh, but. <laughs> Uh, it allows me to give you the games that I already have owned, uh, probably from another Humble Bundle <laughs> or something. So, uh, boop, boop, boop. And the winner is Klutz64. Hey! Yay! You have won awesome. a Steam game, That's so a- hit me up, uh, either Discord or Twitter or whatever. What, one of the various technological messaging platforms that are available for humans to communicate one of know. one of the things that we chat on uh yeah everybody thank you so much for listening uh if you are not one of our backers 
We are a backer-funded show. You go to patreon.com slash podcast. Even a freaking dollar helps. We are chasing our next stretch goal. Uh, and if we reach it, we're going to buy all new equipment. We're going to get new streaming gear. We're going to get new microphones. This is going to sound even better. Well, I'm going to get one of those eggs. I'm gonna just going to buy a bunch of eggs. I'm going to buy crates of eggs. I'm going to put the egg things <laughs> behind me. I'm going to get the I'm eggs. Start, I'm going to start sounding like Ira Glass. Yeah, it's going to be. <laughs> it's, it's just. I'm Dave's going to be Ira Glass. I'm going to be Ira Flato. And... <laughs> Well, it's just going to be all Iras all the way down. Uh, Susan, do you want to be an Ira? No. I, I would like to be an Ira, but... Yeah. Oh, you know who I want to be? Ira Needleman. <laughs> this, is, this is perfect. Well, we'll all be Iras if we reach the next stretch goal. That is the that, most ridiculously the the... random deep cut. I like it. I'm very happy That's the name it. of the podcast. I'm a neural surgeon. <laughs> I am the Needleman. Anyway. Uh, if you would like to uh, support us in a way that is absolutely free, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. And it, it, it really helps get the show visible and guarantees that we can keep doing this. In the meantime, if you would like more Continue Podcast tomfoolery, you can back us and join our Discord. You can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash continuepod. You can follow me on twitter.com at a john agnello and you could read my work in various places check the bio information there to see where i publish uh dave roberts where can they find you i'm on uh twitter at david robots that is where i yell into the void the void <laughs> the looks void. back the void looks back and weeps the... <laughs> i don't know <laughs> susan art where can the people find you uh, you can find me on Twitter at Susan Arndt, or you can read my column on Pocket Gamer every week where I write about mobile stuff. This week, I wrote about how the Rusty Lake series does a very, very smart thing to keep you from burning out. Oh, I'm going to read that now. That's that's relevant to our, our, my interests. Uh, <laughs> all right, everybody. We will see you in one week's time. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye, 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 Goodbye. bye, 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 bye. Ha <laughs> ha